Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome back to another edition of the Industry Insider. My guest today here on the EKN Radio Network from Acceleration Kart Racing, Curtis Cooksey. And most of you who have been around the sport for a handful of years know the name Acceleration Kart Racing. Of course, the probably the leading online uh, karting store uh, shipping all over the country. Uh, it's Curtis and his, his wife, Brooke Parker. But there's a lot more to Curtis, and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to bring him on. We'll talk about acceleration kart racing and what they do in Las Vegas, but we're also going to talk about a pretty cool story. Uh, Curtis, first off, thank you so much for joining me here on the ECAN Radio Network. Thanks for having me, Rob. Glad to be here. That's awesome. Um, all right. You know what? Look at some of the notes you sent me. and I kind of, Obviously, I followed you quickly through your career. You and I kind of came in kind of at the same time, but you actually got started in karting. Uh, when you were 18, back in 1991. So you're you're like 30 years in this gig. Long time. It seems like it's all I've ever done, really. Yeah, yeah. So, t- so tell me that. I always like to ask the origin story first. How how did you get into the sport? My, my dad was a stock car racer. So I grew up loving racing. Finally found karting when I was uh, in my, actually in my early, early to mid-20s, I found karting. How did it happen for you growing up in Salt Lake City? Well, um, my dad was a stock car racer, too. Nice. When we were kids, we got into uh, motocross and we raced dirt bikes for years. And then, you know, when I was about 17, I broke my femur. My brother broke both of his wrists and uh, the motocross thing got harder and harder to do. (laughs) The the age old story of how how uh, karting gets a lot of guys coming from motocross after they've beaten themselves up so much. They they they, they want to keep racing, but they don't want to beat themselves up. Right. Exactly. So, so, so tell me about that. Motorsports, us. We loved racing. Okay, your family. So, your family. What, what, your dad was a stock car racer. You said he raced stock cars. He raced his dirt bikes. Yeah, we raced everything. That's awesome. So, all right. So, where did you start? What? Where? Where was karting in Salt Lake City back in 1991? We we raced at a little track um, south of Salt Lake and near a city called Provo, um, okay. but. Uh, it, one day, my dad just brought a couple KT100 carts home, and we took it to the local high school parking lot, and I fell in love with it. I thought it was the best thing I'd ever done. That's awesome. So, okay, a lot of guys have stories where they come out of motocross, or the, you know, the family's got them into karting. Not everybody quickly and, and early in, in their career makes the jump over into the industry. You do that very quickly. Tell me about you getting out of just, not, not getting out of, but expanding from just being a racer to actually working in the industry to a certain extent. Well, I, I, you know, I, I love doing it. I couldn't really afford to do it. So I went to work for the local shop and uh, Bruce Black owned Silver King Power Sports and he helped me out. That's awesome. I, I know that the funny thing, so when I was, or whatever, whatever years those were, like early, early 90s, I was actually, I worked for a newspaper called Performance Racing News up in Canada. And of course, you know, I was one of the account executives. I, I wrote for them, but I also, I actually made money actually as a salesman selling advertising. And, you know, I had this list of, you know, cold calling people all over the place. And one of my, one of my accounts was actually Silver King Power Sports. And I think actually Bonner Moulton was actually my, my contact there. So you actually worked with Bonner as well. I worked there way before Bonner, though. All right, so you're you're the OG. Yeah, he came in later. It was just three of us there. Bruce had come in once in a while, and then there were two girls and me. Now, so what? Silver King Power Sports was there? Did they have karting gear? Was it a safety gear company? I can't even recall uh, what that what they actually sold. You know, it was it was my first introduction to like mail order stuff. He did mostly mail order 
with uh, harnesses, bell helmets, a uh, little bit of safety equipment for all the cars. He did some drag racing, but uh, carts were the only thing we did everything. And um, there, you know, there was a local cart racing organization, and uh, we were the only shop in town for that. Let me uh, l- let's jump into to you. Obviously, you started karting. What, what when you were st- when you started in when you were eighteen? What what were you racing? Were you racing a KT one hundred? Did you jump right into shifters? What did you do? KT one hundreds. Well, my dad brought a couple of them home. We had yeah. no idea what we were doing. I don't know how many times we fried our horseman clutches. <laughs> uh, it was it was a tough learning curve there at first. So talk about jumping into shifter car racing because you know when I started shifter car illustrated in 1998, you were like you were already there, right? Because you were uh, you had podiumed at the very first Super Nationals. Talk about you getting into shifter car racing because that's really that's kind of the thing that that you've done you had done for a long time there, late eight, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, we we got into shifter carts right after. I think we did one season of KTs. Really didn't work crazy about the horseman clutches and stuff. Just had trouble getting getting them figured out. We saw a guy with a shifter cart, and we knew we knew how to make those engines run. That's right. So yeah, we're like, we got to do that, and <laughs> uh, you know, we pretty much did that from uh, right after we started. You know, uh, in some of the notes that you sent over to me, uh, you talked about finishing second to Phil Giebler at an ISRA race. Not not many people know about the ISRA. Uh, I think that was Wes Gibbs. I think was the guy that ran that. I remember seeing. I remember seeing an ad for it in, in National Cart News. But you're you're racing against Giebler in your early twenties. Yep, yep. Uh, that was probably my first uh, decent finish at, at uh, anything other than a local race. And okay. yeah, Giebler was there. Elliot was there. Um, it, it was a pretty decent turnout for you know the beginning of shifter carts. That's pretty cool. Now, okay, so then where I really got to know you is when you were working at Motorcycle Tire Center, MTC in Las Vegas. Uh, how do you how do you transition from being at Silver King Power Sports in Salt Lake City, and all of a sudden you end up moving to Las Vegas? You're with MTC. You kind of start a shifter cart program for you. You guys, you guys were front and center at at that leading edge of the shifter cart movement in the late nineties. Yeah, um, shifter carts were really popular in Vegas. They had a pretty good local following. A bunch of the motocross racers and, and desert racers decided to get shifter carts. And one of the guys wanted to, you know, do a shop. He called me up. I came down uh, and we started doing cart stuff at MTC. It wow. took right off. Though. We, were, we were doing races and, and the, the guy that owned MTC was spending a ton of money. Well, as you said, the, the, there was a lot of racing going on. A lot of the big races, shifter cart races, whatever, there was always something going on in Las Vegas, right? Whether we were at uh, Buffalo Bills in the back parking lot there, or if we were, or if we were out at what, what was, what was it? Shifter Cart City, I think it was called first, then Las Vegas Karting Center out in Prim, right? Cart City. Yeah, that's right. Shifter Cart City. Spencer and Fiona Apple. I remember, I remember going to that first Super Nationals and just being blown away by it. It was awesome. Oh yeah, and and that track was one of the best in the country. I think uh, one of the first CIK approved tracks at the time. We thought it was the best. You know, it's interesting, right? Don't don't we all kind of look back at that track? It's just it's you, when you look back at your history, you look back at your memories of some of the you know places you went. It just it's got it's got such a history book. There's so many stories there. Of course, the launch of the Super Nationals number one back in '97, and then through you know the th- first five years, which were just heady days. Everybody was super excited to be in this this outlaw shifter cart program. But that track really was uh, really the the center of a lot of excitement for karting in the late '90s. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. We were, and that's what brought me to Vegas is that track. 
Well, so so tell me about tell me about your shifter car racing when you got there. Did like did you you're you're running motorcycle tire centers karting component? Did, were you doing a ton of racing at that point as well? Yeah, I mean the deal was I, I just wanted to race, and <laughs> they they had just built that track, um, and the owner of MTC wanted to sell shifter car stuff. So I came down and I said, look, you know, we, we can do this, but racing's top priority. And he's like, yeah, that's what I want to do too. So he would go to the races with us, me, Art Lanier, um, yep. and him would travel all over the West Coast racing. It was fun. Uh, again, like you're in your what, your, your early 20s at that point, probably all fired up and ready to go and ready to go racing. Now, that was when I, so I worked at Performance Racing News first, and then I moved in, I think it was 96 or 97. I, I think maybe 97, I started with National Cart News, and I actually did an, art, an article. On MTC, yeah. I remember. I, I do. I do remember that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, um, I think. I think that's when we met. Probably, probably. Talk about the talk about the first Super Nationals because obviously that this you know Scusa was kind of getting things rolling mid nineties more on the on the uh, on the East Coast and the Great Lakes, you know, with Don Janowski and Jim Murley. Uh, what were your, obviously this big race? You know, there was an ISR, there were ISRA races, but this big race comes to to shift the cart city. Uh, with Scusa, what were your, what were, can you, can you look back and remember what you thought about that first big race? Oh man, you know, it was just, and it was so big. It was just, I thought shifter cars were just going to take over the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was so cool and to have it in our backyard here. It was great. Uh, before we go to our first quick break, let's talk about 1998 and running in the CIK FIA Formula C World Championships at Charlotte. Uh, I posted a picture back uh, on our our social media uh, about a month and a half or two months ago, whatever it was, of you running that uh, the Burrell. Uh, the guy with you, of course, I, was it Art Lanier was with you? I think it was Art in the picture, right? Art, yep. Yeah, he was a top engine builder for the time there, Artworks Engines. Um, what do you remember about uh, running against all the, all the world champions? Oh, you know, at the time, I just thought it was a – incredible opportunity to race against the best drivers in the world at the time in shifter carts. And, uh, it was tough though. We decided to put a brand new cart together at the track, (laughs) a track we'd never been to. And I mean, it was really a struggle for us, but it was cool. It was fun. That's awesome. All right, folks, stay with us. More to come here. I'm having a quick interview with Curtis Cooksey from Acceleration Kart Racing. we got lots to talk about because we have not yet hit the Acceleration Kart Racing chapter. We've talked about the fact that he started with Silver King Power Sports, only 19 years of age, jumping right into the industry, uh, then got hired to come to Motorcycle Tire Center in Las Vegas to start their shifter car program. MTC and Art Lanier and Curtis, just such a a, a core component of the history book of that mid nineties, late nineties kind of era for shifter cart racing. When we get back after this break though, we'll talk a little bit about acceleration cart racing. Top level production with a focus on a single form of motorsports carding. This is MG tires. MG tires USA underneath the vantage carding group banner is the official distributor of the MG tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. The 2020 season brings a new homologation period, featuring new names for the same superior products. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the Super Soft Green SS or the Intermediate White IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. 
indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution for long-lasting and the best performance, with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to cartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined today by Curtis Cooksey from Acceleration Cart Racing, one of the leading shops uh, in the country, uh, shipping goods all over. We'll talk more about what they actually do later on in the, in the, uh, in the show here. Curtis, we talked about your racing, how you guys got into it. Um, you know, it's, we all do this, right? We all get into the sport. We love it. We get into the industry. I did the same thing and as a journalist, and I was racing like 15 times a year. Then I started the magazine, started racing five times a year. <laughs> then it was once a year because it got crazy. Where in your timeline and how did did you go from working at Motorcycle Tire Center to starting Acceleration Kart Racing? And how did that how did that program kind of launch? Boy, I I can't remember exactly how it all went down. Um, but uh, Dan, the guy Dan Statlander owned MTC. He wanted to sell uh, the motorcycle shop. Okay. And uh, I didn't want to work for the guy that was buying it. So uh, that's basically how I got started. Hollis Brown and Brian Herta had taken over Race Car City. They were calling it Las Vegas Karting Center, I believe. Yep. Yep. And I, he needed some help. So I went out to help Hollis. And I was trying to start the retail operation out of the closet of our uh, double-wide trailer there. That's it. That's it. And uh, I, I would help Hollis out around the track and he let me sell stuff and I would pay him a percentage of the gross profit. And that's how I got started. Wow. And it was, was it acceleration cart racing from the very beginning? That was the name from right from the get go. That's what I called it. So what, what when was that? What year were you looking at? We, early, early two thousands. Okay. I can't, it was it late night, late nineties. It was late 1999. Wow. So you guys, you guys, you guys have already gone past 20 years. That's, that's pretty awesome. How did we yeah. let that go by? That's that's incredible. So, so you, so you start this shop, and I, I, this happens all the time. How how does your wife Brooke Parker end up being in the part of this program? How'd you drag her in? Well, she was working at this company that sold pagers, and some of you kids probably even know what the hell a pager is. <laughs> that's it, right? What obviously they went out of business. And she came to work one day at her, her pager company and the doors were locked yes. and uh, she was upset. And I said, look, I'm getting busier and busier. Just come help me. And she came out 
uh, to Las Vegas Karting Center and helped me for a few months. And then we moved into town and uh, really got it going. That's awesome. So talk about that move. Okay, let's let's do this first because we'll we'll, we'll roll into kind of what you guys do. What were you selling back then? I always I always find that very interesting. You know the what ch- chassis brands and stuff they were selling. Who who were you selling? What, what were, who were you a dealer for in those early days? Well, when I started, I was a dealer for Burrell. Um, but when I split off from MTC, uh, they didn't want to sell to me. So, um, gosh, I can't. I, I talked to Ramos at CRG, and we went oh, with Ramos. CRG, and yeah. we've we've really we've sold CRG ever since. For twenty years, that's awesome. So let's let's talk now about acceleration. Let's let's get a, a quick chance before we jump into some other stuff about the sport. Um, you guys, you guys sell a ton of crap right now. Like you guys have a lineup of top quality products. If you want to sell it, if you want to, that's exactly it, right? If you want it. So what what are the chassis lines that you guys have now? Well, right now we're doing um, mostly uh, the Tony Kart stuff, Burrell, and CRG. Okay. Uh, I think we do a little bit gold cart stuff and Rigetti Rodolfi, but that's yep. just to help my buddy out, Adam. <laughs> what about uh, what about engine side? Like, I, I, that's the thing. You guys pretty much, if somebody's racing it, you guys have it at the warehouse, right? Yes. Uh, X30 Rock. Um, we used to do a lot of Honda stuff. Now uh, it's Rock shifters mostly, and uh, the the SSE IME stuff. You know, it's interesting because when we, if you talk to somebody like yourself, Curtis, who knows what's knows what's going out the door every day, uh, I think it's kind of an interesting it's an interesting question to kind of get a pulse of the sport, right? Because you know what you're selling, uh, you know how much stuff you're moving. Um, what, what's the, what's the stuff that's moving right now for you? Are, are you is is the break? Are you are you doing the Briggs two hundred six program as well? Oh yeah, the LO two hundred six stuff is really the only part of the industry for us that's growing. And it's it's growing pretty fast, I think. All right, all right. What about some of the other product lines? You, uh, you give me if you want to throw some out there. Give you a chance to talk about some of the product lines that you guys are supporting. The ones that you, you maybe you, you like a lot more than uh, more than others, but some that you really really are happy with. We love them all, Rob. Um, the uh, Alpine Stars, Sparco. Uh, we just picked up Stilo helmets this year. We sell a ton of Arai helmets. That's still probably our top seller when it comes to helmets. Okay. Um, the, the tires, people love the Avinco MG tires. Uh, geez. How big's your shop now? Anyways, let's t- talk about the shop itself. It's you're located in Las Vegas. How big is it? You know, I'm not sure exactly how big it is, but I think it's about 6,000 square feet and oh. we have a dyno out back and, uh, some stuff. We keep, uh, a couple offices and you haven't been here, have you? I, you know what? Every time we go to Vegas, like we we land in Vegas, we're right there for the Supernats. It's it's weird because it seems like there hasn't, you know, obviously nothing nothing out at the track anymore. So, you know, the track out in uh, in in Sloan is gone. You know, uh, what do you call it? Las Vegas Karting Center. We don't do. Yeah. I haven't been to a race out at Buffalo Bills in a number of years. So every time we're there, it's Supernats, and you're the minute you land, we're we're, we're full throttle. Heck, you guys wouldn't be there anyways because you guys are you guys are always front and center at the Supernats. Uh, with your tent, your trailer, and everything there as well. So I've never actually been to your shop. No, that's crazy. One that's of these days, when it's not super nets, you just need to take a detour and stop in Vegas. I agree. Hey, what do you? Let's just bring this up right now. It's, we're doing this on March the nineteenth. It's Thursday, uh, right in the middle of this whole COVID nineteen pandemic deal. 
what do you think about them shutting the lights down, shutting everything down on the strip? That's pretty crazy in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, everybody I talked to just says they've never seen anything like this. Uh, we don't really know what to think. In fact, uh, the governor came on, came on uh, announced it Tuesday night. We weren't even sure if we'd be able to come to work the next day. But we are here. We're open. We're still shipping stuff. We just shut the front door. That's yeah, and that's really works for you guys, right? I know obviously you guys do a ton of shipping. There's not a lot of carting in Las Vegas, so not that much walk-in. You guys primarily ship all over the country. We do. You'd be surprised how much walk-in we do do, though, because really? it seems like everybody comes to Vegas for <laughs> conventions or whatever. All right, all right. All right, folks, uh, another quick little break here. When we come back, we'll keep talking to Curtis Cooksey. I want to ask him a little bit about his race. We talked about his early racing, but we really haven't hit some of the, the later stuff because uh, he's had a pretty damn awesome career uh, over the last 30 years. Stay with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Carding Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history in motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level and track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of the race day. To learn more about the 206 engine and to find a North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 32 of the Industry Insider, and get a chance to talk to a longtime karting veteran, Curtis Cooksey from Acceleration Kart Racing. We talked a little bit about Acceleration themselves, the shop, all the product lines they have. 
Uh, I actually posted something early uh, early in the year uh, thanking uh, Curtis and Brooke. Acceleration uh, Kart Racing had been on eCarty News as a, as an advertiser and a partner since I bought it in 2004, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to have them with us all the time. Big sponsors and supporters of our EK and Live program at the Super Nationals as well. Let's start talking a little bit, Curtis, about uh, about your racing career. You, you started Acceleration Kart Racing; it grows exponentially, uh, but. You were, in addition to running shifter cart stuff with with the Honda CR125, you actually uh, were a proponent as well of the, the Rotax program. You actually were part of Team USA in 2006, 2007, 2008. You wore the red, white, and blue in Portugal and the United Arab Emirates and in Italy. Tell me, tell me how much that meant to you to be able to pull that suit on and, and run the Rotax Grand Finals. I, at the time, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, not only were you representing your country, you show up, everybody's got a, the same type of equipment. You just set it up and go racing. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Is there, is there one of the three that stands out more for you? Uh, of maybe you had more success. Maybe it was just the experience because uh, you, the United Arab Emirates obviously had a much different experience than going to Portugal. I remember that Portugal weekend. I think, I think David Cole and I were there for that particular event. Uh, it rained a little bit there too, but then Italy is obviously a fantastic place to go to, to race as well. Is there one that stands out? No, I mean, all, all of them in their own ways. It, it, that Portugal was miserable. It um, was, wasn't it? <laughs> I loved it because I, I, I learned how to race in the rain there. And yeah. I mean, when I started, I think I qualified mid-pack. When the main started, I was up to second before I got booted. And, That's yeah, that was fun. And that didn't split up into Masters and Senior. I just did DD2. And I think that would probably stands out because I feel like I, I could have done very well, but yeah. It is what it is, right? In those, in those events. Yeah. Hey, listen, let's, let's talk. We talked a bit about, uh, about being in, in Las Vegas, the karting in Las Vegas. What is, what is the status of, of karting in Las Vegas now? I, there was a temporary circuit at one point for the Las Vegas karting club. Uh, I, that's been shut down, correct? Is there, is there anything, are there any plans for another permanent facility coming potentially in Las Vegas? It was actually a permanent facility at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's still there. I think they're using it for uh, Tesla cars or something. I don't even know what they're doing, but they, they kicked out the cart club. I guess we were too much trouble for them. And uh, there's a guy just outside of town that owns uh, Spring Mountain Motorsports in Pahrump. It's a yep. huge car track. He told me he's going to build a cart track years ago. I talked to him again in, around November, said he was going to start building it this year uh who knows now with the COVID 19 but uh yeah hopefully he does something i think that's our best bet right now yeah how how far is perump away from las vegas is it, is it a half hour kind of thing uh it's probably a little more than a half hour probably 40 minutes but okay. it's not too bad no i think we all travel uh more than 40 minutes to go racing <laughs> that's for yeah. sure I know when I first started, I traveled 45 minutes, uh, 45 minutes from Mississauga, Ontario to, to Kitchener, Waterloo, uh, to race at my club, get up at five 30 in the morning to make sure I had my right pit spot. When I got there, that was, that was all about passion back then for sure. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, Curtis, what's your take on, give me your take on the current regional and national racing. Again, you, you kind of have your, your finger on the, on the pulse because of you know, understanding what you're selling, what goes out the door. What are you thinking about the, about the national level world right now? Scusa pro tour, of course, Rock stepping up with their Florida Winter Tour, with the Challenge in America's getting their their best numbers, uh, their record numbers at Cal Speed. Uh, they've got the you know the Rock Fest East and the Rock Fest West. Rotax is actually coming back a little bit with the guys from J Three Competition. What uh, what's your take on that right now? Boy, uh, you know a lot better than I do, Rob. <laughs> um, 
you know, I just hope that there's room for everyone, especially after this COVID-19 thing. It's, uh, it's crazy. You know, I've had a lot of conversations. The thing about one of the things about the national level, obviously, is that we really don't have anything in place as an industry to, to really draw more people into the sport. It's something we probably need to work on. It's tough when people are butting their heads like we are. Maybe, maybe what's happening here brings everybody back together to a certain extent when we try to reschedule races in the uh, in the uh, the second half of the year. We'll see how things shake down. Uh, overall, let's let, let me ask you. Let me ask another personal question. I like throwing these kind of questions out. Is there is there one event or a one track that you'd like to race at? Maybe that you haven't done yet. Oh man, that's a tough question. That's a tough um, question, isn't it? You know. <laughs> It, it doesn't even really matter, I think, where it is, as long as it's a, a decent, safe track and uh, uh, good competition. I, you're, you know, all in, you're all in the race any time, right? I am, I am. I mean, Laguna Seca was fun. I did that a few years with the uh, NCK. Yeah. I think, I think that's one track that was kind of on my bucket list. Um, but, gosh, nothing's really coming to mind right now, Rob. That's awesome. Well, we're going to give you the EKN Fast Five in a little bit. That's going to kind of be five questions that we use to uh, to just get you to kind of go back into your career a little bit to talk uh, about. You'll, you'll see it when we come up here pretty soon. Sure. So, again, um, in industry-wise, um, because, again, what, I asked you a little bit about the national racing scene and regional racing scene. What about the industry? Do you, you know, over the last five to ten years, how do you feel the industry is right now as, as, as someone that's right in the middle of it? Well, I, I kind of feel like we're in a transitional period. Um, yep. You know, uh, it, it's really hard to say. I, I hope that it continues to grow, although things have uh, – I, I wish it was less expensive. That's why I think the LO206 is growing as fast as it is. Um, people do karting mostly, I think, because they can't afford a Formula One car. So cost is always an issue. Yeah, we're seeing that everywhere, aren't we? That the fact that you can go 206 racing, have a cart for two, three, four, five years if you want. You're not burning through tires every weekend. You know, you can, you know, some at some clubs, depending on what tire you're on, you're on the same tire for the entire season. Uh, cost containment, I think, is definitely something that everybody in the industry probably needs to look at for sure. Yeah, not only that, the LL206 is pretty easy to drive. Whether you're yeah. really skilled or not, you can go out and have fun. If, if you can't drive, well, a shifter cart can be very frustrating. That is true. I, uh, Jeff Deskins posted up a picture of my first ever shifter cart race, which was in Naples, Florida, a little bullring down there in South Florida. And I remember jumping in that thing for the first time. I, 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 I think I may have tested one before. I don't think I'd ever driven one at that point, raced one. And it's just, it was so much, right? And I was 20, I might've been 30 at that point when I, maybe 30 or 31 when I, uh, when I first got into one, but man, what a ride. It's, it's a hard ride. You're right. It's something that could turn some certain people away. The 206 is obviously, uh, is obviously something that anybody, you can come out of a rental cart track, right? Curtis, jump yeah. out an indoor cart track, jump into a 206 and have the time, absolute time of your life. Well, and, and I think people underestimate how much fun it is. Even if you can drive a shipper cart. The LO206 yep. or low horsepower stuff is still a ton of fun. And and you develop skills. You learn racecraft. Um, too many guys try to jump straight into something that's over their head, get frustrated, and quit. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the funny thing is, uh, 
because there's such big fields wherever you go, right? You know, the battle at the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I think there was like 65 or 70 guys in the senior class. There was over over 45, I believe, in the Masters class that we were in. Uh, same goes with the Margie Ignite category. You go to a lot of these big races. I don't care how fast you are, if you're in the lead group or if you're a second and a half off the pace, you've still got somebody to race with as well. Uh, oh, so yeah. that's, the key, that's the key, right? That's what it's about. That's awesome. I mean, um, Colin put on a race at Streets of Willow a couple of years ago. He combined all of the stock Hondas. I think he had close to 80 stock Hondas at Streets of Willow. It was crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, here's Now, we talked about the 206. Do you guys deal at all in the, in the KA100 and the VLR100, the new 100cc program? Because that's we're seeing a lot of growth there. Uh, all over the country, actually. Maybe drivers that want a little more speed from the 206, they're jumping up into the KA, uh, the 100cc air-cooled classes. Yeah, yeah. We're doing more and more of that stuff. I think it was uh, a much-needed stepping stone from something like a LO206 to, like, the X30 Rotax uh, rock stuff. It's yeah. – uh, I mean, there's a big jump. So I think the and KA just- stuff's great. It's just a lot sexier than the K than the KT100 because really the KT100 very similar in terms of what it provides. Uh, I had a chance to drive the VLR100 on a Burrell with Andy Saisman uh, up at Sonoma last year, about a little over a year ago, and uh, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of, enough bottom end grip out of the corners that uh, it was a fun weekend. You know what I mean? It's it's coming out of 206. I think that's gonna that's, we're gonna see growth there as well. I think. Absolutely. We've seen some really good racing with that stuff. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's great in the middle. All right, let's cap off this podcast. We've got five questions to ask you, Curtis. We're going to kind of do a deep dive into your career. This will be fun. Are you ready for the EKN Fast Five? I don't think so. <laughs> I am not ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Question one. What was your first cart? Give me some detail. It was a Bug 2000 with a KT100. Nice. Did you buy it used or did you buy it brand new? Used. Used? Of course, right? We all, we all, did, we all did that. We all saved up our money to get a used cart when we first started. I love it. Yep. All right. Quit. So a Bug 2000. That's awesome. It, it was, picture, it was do you have pictures of it? Do you have pictures of it? Gosh, my parents might have pictures of it. I sure don't. I got Dude, pictures of it in my head. Get them to dig a picture out. Get that thing posted. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see your, your first cart. All right. Um Number two, question two of the EK and Fast Five. What is your favorite kart track ever? Uh, Xplex, Las Vegas Karting Center, Race Kart City, one we're talking about. <laughs> Call it what you will. That's your favorite track ever? You know, I, the more I drive different tracks, Rob, I appreciate how much of an awesome track that was. There were, yeah. there were places to pass all over it. There were. It was it, the thing about that racetrack too. It was it was physically demanding as well. You know what I mean? It's it's that the, the double apex right hander coming back by the tower to get back onto the straightaway. You're just ripping so many G's on there, down onto the brakes into the kind of a banked right hander. There was a number of hairpins, and then that the, the whole inner loop section would oh, absolutely yeah. wear your neck out. It was if, crazy. If your neck wasn't in good shape, it was flopping around after a few laps. <laughs> That's very true. And the crazy thing about some of those super nationals and, you know, people complain a little bit now about our long days. You remember the Saturday at the super Nats, we were racing till like 11 at night because there were so many, because we had the flight system for the, for the, uh, the S2 class, the semi-pro guys. And we had five different groups. We'd race until like 11 at night and it was pitch black. We had lights, but not near enough. 
Oh, yeah, from morning to dark, all day yeah, long. all day long. All right, question number three. What's the biggest win in your karting career? I think the biggest one was at Buffalo Bills. It was a money race put on by Hollis. It was shortly after I moved to Vegas, and I was broke as a joke. I needed the money, and uh, I think I won a 1000 bucks or something. At the time, it was just much needed. That is awesome. An, an actual money race where you put the cash in your pocket. I dig it. All right, here's one for you. And, you, you know, you've raced for 30 years, so you kind of feel where you want to settle this in. Question number four, who was your biggest rival? Boy. Uh, yeah, had, is, there somebody, had some, is there somebody that you battle with on a regular basis? Darren Elliott. I mean, <laughs> I had some great races with him, and uh, Art would help both of us out with motors. Yeah. So. I think that made the rivalry a little bit, a little bit more, you know. I know that Darren doesn't a lot doesn't do any karting anymore. He's doing his off road bike stuff, but I, I think he might probably be a, a pretty good guy to sit down for a book it podcast, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. Talk about his how he got into the sport late, winning a go kart, and uh, amazing story, Darren Elliott. A lot of people don't people don't know about Darren, right? This is a guy that was from the middle of middle nineties to right into the, you know, past 2010 into the, into the early decade there was just uh, one of the badasses in our sport for sure. He was always one of the top guys. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. All right. Final question of the EKN fast five, who has been your biggest mentor or influence? Oh man, that's tough. Uh, I've had so many, um, Throw, you know what? If, you, if there's not just one, you mention a couple. It's fine with me. Gosh, Rob, you kind of stumped <laughs> me on that one. Um, well, I like to, I like to get you get you a little bit of introspection, right? Kind of figure out what's going on. Who was there for you? Who Who are some of the guys that helped helped uh, help mold what you do? You know, I I say Hollis Brown. Yeah, I think I think Hollis really. We we both helped each other at a time that we really needed a lot of help. You know, he him and uh, Brian Herta had just bought Las Vegas Karting Center. And for any of the connections that I didn't have, he had them. So he helped me out a ton. That's awesome. Well, listen, there you go. You've made it through the EK and Fast Five. Congratulations. Well done. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this podcast. Let's give you an opportunity to, uh, for people to follow you. First off, uh, let's talk about the website first. Obviously, the hub of what you guys do is the website. You, pe- people get on there. They order. You guys ship, what, same day, 24 hours? You guys publish ship? If you order it before 2.30 Pacific, we ship it. Wow. All right. What's the website? It is uh, shopakr.com or accelerationcarding.com. But okay, what about- I, I think shopakr is a little easier to remember. S-H-O-P-A-K-R.com. Dot com. What about your social media channels? Do you know them? <laughs> you know what? I, honestly, I don't do the social media. So That's I'm not even sure. Uh, Caitlin does all that, but if we do some Facebook stuff, some Twitter stuff, I don't I know whatever else, whatever else I the think kids are doing. Yeah, I think whatever else the kids are doing. I think you're on Instagram as well. Search for them, folks, on all three platforms. You'll be able to find Acceleration Kart Racing. Curtis, I appreciate you taking the time, bud, to to talk to me. I, I wanted to get you on here uh, for a quick chat. You you know what? It's you've been a part of the indus- this industry for 20 years. You've been a big supporter of eCarding News, which I, which I thank you for. But, you know, you, you got, you've got 30 years of racing experience. That uh, When you look back, does it feel like it's a big body of work or what? Man, I feel old when I think of 30 years. Right? Uh, I know. I, no, it, 
it, it doesn't. It just it it seems like it's just a, so quick. Uh, when are we gonna see? When are we gonna see you on the racetrack again? Have you hung up the helmet? Or are you are you racing a little bit here and there? Oh, you know, I just sold uh, my last Honda shifter car. I think I'll build uh, something here to race here pretty soon. I don't know. I, as, as soon as you build us a track here in Las Vegas, I'll be on it. That's I, I like to hear that. And man, yeah, a track up at, at Spring Mountain would be tremendous. I'd love to hear that. We we need another track in Las Vegas for sure. Yep. Curtis, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. We've wrapped this thing up. The Industry Insider, episode number 32. Curtis, thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Have a good one. Again, folks, one of the fantastic programs in this sport, Acceleration Kart Racing. Great shop. Uh, Curtis and Brooke do a fantastic job with it. Uh, if you do looking for parts and you haven't ordered from them, give it a shot sometime. www.shopakr.com. Dot com. Thank you so much for joining us here, folks, on another edition of the Industry Insider. Thank you for downloading the app, the EKN Radio Network app. All of our content, of course, on the 24-7, 365 EKN Radio Network, the only karting radio station in the sport. From there, we turn it into podcast form. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean as well. All our content, we're going to be cranking a lot out during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic where we're all kind of locked uh, at home. I know you're all getting stir-crazy, but we got lots of great interviews coming for you here on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of Curtis Cooksey, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>